When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's episode 124. We're recording uh, just a little over 24 hours after the Derby della Capitale. Uh, unfortunately, did not go Roma's way yet again this season. Jimmy and Brandon unable to make it today. Don't know if it's because they were avoiding the Derby defeat or, you know, other reasons. But uh, I have two special guests with us today. We have Mas Riccio returning for his second appearance on the show. And Nick Diani from the Kicks, Kicks and Picks podcast. He was on for a Q, written Q&A earlier in the week if you caught that previewing the derby he's back again unfortunately as a winner is this your second time on the show you came on before the other derby or this two first and time on? two and oh on the two derbies i don't know why you guys keep inviting me but i'm here for gotta it. bring jerry back if i bring yeah, jerry back maybe we will start winning again he's a mush for sure <laughs> so we're just going to rip the Band-Aid off. Another Derby defeat for Roma. Again, one nothing to Lazio. A little bit different than the first match circumstances because the other match ended 11 v 11. Yesterday, it took a really good play from Zakani. It was a good goal, good good play. Uh, he made a really well-timed run, kind of caught Zalewski, who's not your typical right wing back, kind of maybe not having those instincts to track that run. Um, good finish past Patricio. That was the difference in, in a match where Roma was down to man for 62 minutes. So I guess let's start at the beginning. Any surprises in the way the teams came out? The strategy you saw at least in the first 28 minutes before he got that red card? Anything that, or is it pretty much as you expected, Lazio with the ball, Roma sitting back, looking to counter? What did you guys think? Typical Mourinho ball. I mean, if there was any indication after even our uh, Sociedad game, we were doing exactly the same thing, sitting back and just absorbing pressure. And then just two really bad decisions from Ibanez to really handicap us early into that derby. Um, it's never easy because at that point, it, you're playing the rest. It's not like it's towards the end of the game where tensions are really flying high. You're You're losing a guy at the 36th minute I think it was it's a lot of time to have to defend and try and keep the 0-0 tie and it was only a matter of time before Lazio broke through uh, despite them not looking too lively on the ball regardless so uh, it's never easy having to be 10 men especially in a in such a high profile game uh, with uh, Roma and Lazio so so before I get into Lazio I mean were you guys Shocked that Pelotti got to start here. I mean, I, I give so I said it to both of you. I'm you know I'm fortunate enough to know both of you in real life. We were, we're talking about the game beforehand. 
I give Mourinho a lot of credit. I mean, if nothing else, this dude has balls, right? I, I don't know too many other coaches that are going to bench their star $40 million striker, regardless of performance, before potentially the biggest game of the year. Uh, so I, I would love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I didn't do my probable formations on the site this week, and I only did the Q&A preview with you. I was kind of crunched for time with family stuff. But I would have predicted Belotti to start. I don't think anybody expected uh, – I'm mean, sorry, Abraham to start. Belotti starting surprised me a bit. And then after I saw it, I was like, well, it like you said in our, our text, it does take balls to, to make that change in that match. Tammy hasn't been in the best form. And I think he was expecting Mourinho to have that kind of physical, grinded-out derby like we expected. Belotti's a little bit you know, stouter of a forward, likes to bang around a little bit and and press and do those things. And I think that's what Mourinho was, was going for there. And I think – in terms of, you know, the first half hour before the red card, I think it was playing into what he wanted to do. Roma didn't concede much. Even even down a man, the, the XG for Lazio was 0.6 goals, equal to what Roma had. So I give the 10 men on the pitch credit. The thing is, like Ma said earlier, once that you yep. go down a man, it conditions the whole match. And it's not like the 75th minute where you've had your chances for 75 minutes and now, okay, we can hunker down for 15 yep. minutes and, and see out the 0-0. They had to kind of see out a zero zero and maybe try to score in a set piece, if anything, uh, after that point. So it really changed the whole game plan. And then it's just like, besides like, you know, low block, try to counter. Now it's like low block, just don't concede anything. And and maybe we can draw a foul somewhere and get a set piece. And we saw they almost tied it in that situation. If it wasn't for Small being offsides on the uh, the deflection on the, the initial free kick. So definitely just to go back to your original point i think uh a little surprising belotti's been in better form lately especially he's been getting some minutes in the europa league and and maybe not scoring as much as you would expect but he's been looking pretty decent i think since he's like he said he's getting back into to physical fitness i think yeah, yeah. i think for lazio um listen they started the strongest 11 they they possibly could right with with saudi's 4-3-3 and with immobile out um I was pleasantly surprised by Felipe Anderson, who played 90 minutes. Um, I've been pretty critical of him. Um, and I, I think, you know, we, we talked about it, Steve, uh, in the q and I, I thought the midfield really needed to have close to a perfect game. Um, I thought Alberto had probably his game of the season. Uh, he was fantastic. He seemed like he was everywhere. The play went through him. Cataldi seems to show up in this fixture uh, game after game. So that was good to see. Milinkovic Savage, I have less... Nice things to say. Um, he's been disappointing all year, quite honestly, and I think he was disappointing in this game, but um, it was just interesting, right? Uh, I think Lazio came out. They they looked the better team for 30 minutes. That's not to say they looked great. That's not to say they looked good. They didn't generate much, right? The midfield had a lot of the ball, and then once it got to a certain point, it just stopped. Roma looked very comfortable, and a couple of stupid fouls, a couple of stupid decisions, and, you know, I, I give – um both of you guys shit all the time about Ibanez, right? Uh, he's, you get, tell me how much he's improved and how well he looks. Well, he's over two this year uh, in, in these big games that I've watched him. So um, we can, I'm sure we'll get into it. I don't want to jump on a question. I'm sure you're going to ask, but um, you know, where, where the fouls red card or yellow card offenses, that's up for debate. But when you have a yellow within five, six minutes of the match, don't give the referee uh, you know, that opportunity. And that's unfortunately what he did. Yeah, he didn't have to go in on that second foul because he wasn't last man back either. He had the support coming down, so I maybe he wasn't aware of what was going on behind him, maybe on the track back. But 
he didn't really have to go in as aggressively as he did. And like you said, when you get a card in the first six minutes, don't give the ref another excuse to send you off, especially in a game where you know the tensions are high. Every time those uh, uh the whistle was blown or there was a the stoppage in play, they were we were all at each other's throats. So you know the ref's gonna try and find a way to make an example of someone to try and control the uh the game. So uh, Ibanez gave him that uh gave him that reason. And thirty six minutes in, we got we're down a man. Yeah, once you get that first yellow, you have to be smarter. Now, he did, I think, in the process of the tackle, kind of realize, like, oh, shit, I'm going to get my second yellow. Because you saw him kind of pull up yes. and try to avoid it. And yep. he didn't do enough to yeah. completely avoid it because he was already, like, engaged. And I, I want to get your opinion because, you know, from our Roman perspective, we're always going to be a little bit, like, harsh on the ref in a situation like that. But even Matteo Bonetti, who's calling the game for Paramount, and he's a Milan fan, open Milan fan, calling it as, like, a neutral, just wants to see a good match said it was a very soft yellow. Like in that situation, if that's his first, you probably give it. But second, maybe you give him a little leash knowing that the the magnitude of the match and the tension around the match. From the Lazio perspective, like what did you think it was a bit soft? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I, you know, I, I just said it in the, the last question. I think um, it was more so on reputation. It was more so mm-hmm. on consistency maybe and giving the referee that opportunity to – to make it about himself, but he's from my point of view, he was almost the recipient of a yellow for like other people's actions. I feel like Roma were a bit chippy in that 30 minutes, Mancini. He's a guy that's always in there mixing it up. And and that's probably for the better from Roma perspective. Right. Um, But there were a lot of fouls that uh, seemed like a lot of fouls for a first 30 minutes. and, And he almost got that yellow just because, or that second yellow, at least because, Hey, everybody around you is doing it. So you're, you're the recency bias or something, right? That's kind of what it felt like to me. Yeah. And you wonder like when he pulls that card, does he realize who he's pulling it on? Or is it just initial like referee reaction? Like it's a break, a little contact. He goes down, like just whip out the card. Then like, you're like, well, now I got the card out. Now it's a red card because in the, I kind of saw this game fragmented. I had to go to a baptism. I got to catch the first 45 on my phone. I had my wife drive. I'm sure she loved that um caught a little bit in the second half before it got started and in that time Mancini was the chippier of the the bunch yep. it just yep. it's just Ibanez got engaged in that play that was something the ref almost always has to call and I think that's kind of what happened there um Mancini you're right when he's chippy that's kind of good for Roma he's kind of like he's like his idol his idol's Matarazzi he wears 23 for a reason and he's got that same personality like I'm an asshole but Rome fans, he's like our asshole, right? Like every every team wants to have that kind of player. Sure. I feel like Keelini was like that to an extent, but obviously at, at a higher level, he's a better player than Mancini. But every every team needs to kind of have that guy. You see, you know, you guys watch hockey. We all watch hockey. Like, you gotta have that guy who will mix it up. Like, I think a Cal Clutterbuck on my islanders, like he loves to get in there and talk a little trip a little bit. It Brad doesn't Marchand. really engage. Yeah. Doesn't always engage in the fights, but he like gets you like get get somebody to do something stupid. And um, it's worked for Mancini against Juve, right? I mean, Kane came right after him after a minute. Um, but he was the one that I thought was a little lucky not to get a yellow card even before Ibanez got the second. Yep. And yeah. I didn't see it till today. And I sent it to to Nick and Scotty. And it was a stat about Massa. He's averaging 5.36 cards per game this season that he refs and over six in Serie A. And uh, three of his last four matches had seven cards and his last Roma match was when they played Milan. It was a total of 10 cards. That will so, be an automatic bet for me going he, forward. Yeah. So he's a guy that's clearly throwing a lot of cards. And I think as a player, 
you have to be, especially a Roma player. If you re- remember him from the Milan match, like you have to say, like, this guy is card happy. Like, we got to be in our best behavior a little bit. Maybe not like, you know, can't be saintly in a derby because yeah. both teams would be chippy, but maybe be a little smarter about it, I think. Yeah, uh, actually, speaking of uh, refs, cards, and Roma getting into trouble with it, apparently I'd seen a recent article about how the refereeing association wants to actually put out a statement about Roma because they they're not happy with the uh, the interactions with a lot of the players and staff with their referees. So I mean, if I don't know if that plays a factor into it, knowing that Roma tends to get themselves uh, tripping away at the refs often, whether it's our bench or our staff or the players, uh, I'm not sure if the refs kind of come in with that already, like expecting that and trying to maybe stop it by being a bit more card happy. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, I, dude, I think you're spot on. And I joke with Steve about it all the time, right? Mourinho leads the league in, in cards, in red cards this year. It comes from the top down. And, and listen, you, want, say, you yeah. want this guy on your, you want him on your bench. Obviously, he's a world-class coach. You want him defending your team and defending your players. I think that's what he does. But he was suspended for this game, was he not? Right? So, yes. like, you know, you yeah. kind of set that mentality and, and Moss, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. And the, the team might have a little bit of a, a target on their backs through no fault of their own. Yeah. Just in general. I I mean, listen, uh, as a, I'm assuming as a ref, you should be unbiased when you're kind of refing a game, but I'm sure when they see the refing a Roma team, the Roma team, they're probably like, Oh no, like I've got to get ready to get an earful from either the mm-hmm. bench or the players on the field, you know? So uh, maybe it plays, a, it probably does play a bit of a, a factor. I'm sure it's at the back of the refs' heads by the time they step on the pitch and getting ready to getting ready for kickoff. But I mean, it's that's pretty much in the team's hands too to kind of keep their cool and not go after uh, after the refs so much. Uh, but uh, you know what? You want that kind of fire from the bench too. I mean, look, listen. If your coach isn't going to defend your players, then who will, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think in ter- in those terms, like Roma, you, Mas, you can speak for it too. You watch them every week, pretty much like I do, and the mentality has shifted in Rome in terms of like big matches. Now they lost both derbies to Lazio this year, right? That aside, we've seen how they've gone toe to toe with Juve taking four points off them in two matches. They beat Inter at the San Siro. They came back against Milan at the San Siro to get a point. They won the conference league last year, even though Tade calls it a loser competition that his team can't advance in. Right. He's a fucking loser. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Europa league. They advance <laughs> against uh light, uh, not Leipzig. I keep saying Leipzig, but Salzburg and Sociedad, two very strong teams for that competition. And you see Mourinho is kind of turning that mentality. And, and in part it's because of his fire. I think like Fonseca had some good ideas. I, I liked him as a person, but Mourinho gets the most out of his players. And he gets those players that'll go to war for him. And you see the guys that won't are out of the side, like Gonzalo VR last year, too soft. He's gone, right? Uh, players like that are gone. And he loves Mancini for a reason, the same reason he loved Materazzi and Inter. And I think that's why he likes Ibanez. And I think that's why he likes Cristante. And even Pellegrini, not the toughest player, but he will kind of be his voice on the pitch. You've seen it. Sometimes I think he's a little too much. I, I love Pellegrini, but I think sometimes he's got to, be a little more restrained in his complaints to the referee being the captain. Cause I think that contributes to what Nick's talking about too. Um, but yeah, I would, I would not trade Mourinho for, for the red cards that he's gotten this year. Right. Because I think he's completely shifted the mentality and I think he still needs some, some tools on the pitch. Like I think Matic yesterday was a big loss for them. I think Matic is a, a big reason why Alberto had such a big match. Yeah. Maybe I'm not a big fan of the Cristante Matic pivot all season. I just feel like it's a little slow and sluggish out the mid, but 
Matic also comes with a wealth of experience mm-hmm. having played for so long. And he he is that Mourinho player that he likes to have everywhere he kind of goes. So I'm sure it, it is a loss in that sense. But I mean, I'm also a little biased. Like, I just don't like that pivot in general because I just feel like it doesn't bring enough uh, speed. It doesn't cushion our three at the back as much as I'd like. Uh, but no, like you said, uh, Mourinho really changed the mentality of this team. We would never see them come back under Fonseca. Like with the minute we would concede, it was all like, uh, here we go. Like we're, we're cooked and we're hoping that something happens, uh, under Mourinho, like you said, against Milan, we came back, stole a point. Like they, they fought back even more recently against Sassuolo, even down a man, we put up three. Yeah. You know? So, I mean... It's a complete mentality shift. I just I would like to see it translate during the Derby de la Capital, but here we are, blank blank through two legs. So, and I've said this all year, and I mean, shit, I can be accused of being a Roma fan the way I talk about them. Everything you guys said, all the results that you just ran through, Steve. Look at what he's getting with a squad that's not really performing up to expectations. Yeah, we got DiBala, yeah. who's been phenomenal. Pellegrini is having his worst year. Tammy, it looks like the second coming of Lukaku compared to what he did last year. I thought that guy was, you know, on pace for 30 goals and he's got what, like seven, six, five. I don't even know what he has. I'll I'll Um, pull it up right now. It's not many though. Six league goals and one in the Europa league. Okay. Seven. So when you consider they got rid of Zaniola, you know, like he's had some good performances. El Shadawi has been awesome off the bench and things like that. But when you're not getting consistent goal scoring and you're still able to, rattle off those results just like the in Europe in the league um you got to give him a lot of credit and and I still um believe and, and we don't know what's going to happen with Juventus but for me you know fourth place is still Roma's to lose I, I think they're the deepest most talented squad in Rome it's just I think it's reality I, I love my squad I'm, I'm happy that we were able to get six points off of you guys but you told me we we're going to get six off of you and hold you to zero goals over two legs. I would like to have a six, seven, eight, nine point cushion on you guys this year. That hasn't been the case. Um, so it's interesting. I, I mean, I just think um, if one player figures it out, if if they get a little hot run of form from a Tammy, from a Pellegrini, somebody that we're not even considering, you know, who knows if Immobile is going to see the pitch again this year. I, I think Roma still has a lot of runway. Yeah, how much do you think Lazio being out of Europe now, though? I, and I, I know it's fun to make fun of them for Roma fans. Like, you, you call it the, the Conference League a loser competition, your sporting director, and then they crash out. He's um, a loser. Yeah, right. But how much does that help them? And then even a little less so Atalanta, because Atalanta hasn't been as good of late. But how much do you think it helps them now that everybody in Italy is still in, in Europe and playing two matches so, extra in um, April? To before I address your question, I will follow up on your comments. Iglitade is a loser. He's always been a loser. He's a, he's terrible at what he does. Now, granted, he doesn't get the most money to spend. I, I you know, he, I'm not a fan to say the least. Um, you make comments like that. You get, you know, how are you going to tell me you're pushing for top four when you couldn't even hack it in the Europa conference league that, you know, one plus one doesn't equal two in that equation. So, yeah. Um, I think he's a little bit ridiculous, but I think it has to help them. If they don't make top four, and, and I'm not saying they deserve top four, I'm not saying they're the most talented team out of the three or four teams fighting for those positions. If you don't make top four after all the comments that he made, all the comments that Saudi made, 
this is what I want. I do fixtures are too condensed. My squad is not the okay. Now all of your eggs are in that basket. If you don't make top four, I want everybody gone. Complete overhaul of this team from the top down because this is what you set yourself up for. And you better damn well make sure you have the goods. Yeah, I mean, Moss, how much does it worry you that we have to play Feyenoord twice? You know, Milan has Champions League, Inter has Champions League. Do you think that favors Lazio or do you think results catch up with Lazio at some point? It should favor them, but then again, like I've kind of tuned in on a couple of Lazio games here and there too to kind of fill in some Sundays while I'm working, and they don't look inspiring even with yeah. the, the those two extra fixtures that they had with the uh, the Conference League. At this point, will it help them? Maybe, but I mean, if we've noticed anything within the five of us battling for Champions League spots, we always find a way to shoot ourselves in the foot more so than actually getting the results we should get. I mean, how many and times has Roma had it. the chance to... No, we've all done it. Roma's guilty. The most Cremonese, guilty, I mean. right? Like <laughs> Cremonese, uh, no excuse against them. Like, okay, fine. Coppa Italia. I mean, listen, I'm not going to make any excuses. My mentality has always been if it's a cup you can win, you should always be trying to win it regardless yes. of yep. what it is. It's You have to win every, every... Try and put your best out there for every competition you're in yes. regardless of... Uh, status or like the like even Iliotare's comments about conference league. I mean, sure, fine, third breed, third rate competition, but we have to beat a Feyenoord in the finals, hundred percent. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, every other week where Lecce too, but Lecce has been kind of being been problematic for a lot of the top teams in yeah, general. They, so they, like, they've been kind I of could, thorn in every side, us as well. So I could kind of I could kind of let that one slide because it's not just singled out to us against Lecce. It's the rest of the top of the table as well. But Cremonese, we had no excuse to lose to them twice in the span of what a, a week and a half, I think, or we played we played them back to back, I think, right? It, it was, once it in was Papa and... yeah, close together. So, Let me see. So to, to had, even come uh, back, it had Steve. to have been about a week and some change. February first and February twenty eighth. So the, we bookended the month with there losses to Cremonese. Yeah, exactly. And I think that week also there were some losses or some uh, results that kind of favored us to kind of leapfrog a couple of those teams in the, that we're fighting with. And yes, again, we go and shoot ourselves in the foot. It, it's so, every week. The last like three weeks, they've had chances <laughs> to get points on Milan, on Inter, on Lazio last week before they played head to head. So it's, bad. Yeah. After that, yeah, Juve so win, I mean, they look, haven't been able to do it. No. And you know what? So that's why, like, do I think. Lazio having one less competition is going to favor them? Probably not, because if we've noticed anything with the five of us battling for for the Champions League spots, we seem to be dropping points when we shouldn't. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe, but I don't think so. The way we the league's been going, I, I really don't think so. The only thing I'll say to, to close the loop on that, Steve, to, you know, I, I went on my soapbox. I didn't necessarily answer your question. Uh, you have Immobile, who's been out pretty much all year, right? So if it's a chance for him to get healthy, that's huge. Um, you know, you got Pedro, who's, I don't know, 35, 36, 37. He needs all the rest he can get. Anderson's not young anymore. So from that standpoint, will it help them? I hope so. Um, but to, to Moss's absolutely 100% spot on point, doesn't seem to matter if these guys are playing every two days or every two weeks. Results yeah, are going to not go our same. Way. Yeah, I think the same could be said for Atalanta. They're the only one that hasn't played in, in Europe all season. And everybody thought that was going to be like a really big thing for them because they, 
you know, they, I guess all the congestion finally caught up with them with some of the sales and then bringing in new players and they seem like they were picking it up. And now they're, you know, they're, they're closing in a little bit because they got to win this week, but they've been shaky. Right. So it's really going to come down to some of these head to heads. I think. Did anyone expect them to be as good as they are? Cause I didn't coming into this year. I thought Atalanta. Yeah. Honestly, I, as much as I hate Gasparini as a person, his system's just really good. Yeah. And they have a they have a knack of uh plugging in the holes where they do sell with talent that can fit the system regardless. Uh I expect them to be better though. I didn't I didn't expect them to be as lackluster this year, but I did expect them to be better. But I give them give them next year, you're gonna see now it's it'll they'll be back into sure. the usual form that I expect. So yeah, they've had a, a a funny like mix of results too. Who they win against, who they lose yeah. to. Like they had they had a really bad stretch. I think it was right before the World Cup break, and and they they've kind of been up and down. They were one of those teams that fell victim to Lecce and actually lost to Lecce, where like we got the draw against them. Um, you know, beat Lazio head to head two nothing recently uh, about a month ago, and then got hammered by Milan. You know, got hammered by. Did Napoli. they lose to? Did they lose to Empoli also? I think they had lost to like another th- bottom tier team, like they bottom beat half team. Empoli this week, but I think first half of the season they did lose to wasn't Empoli because they beat them two like, nothing, but they I did lose to somebody. somebody. Yeah, yeah. They they drew Cremonese early in September, so that uh, you know they they got that black mark on them too. Um, I'm trying to see real quick. I'm looking at their schedule. Drew Udinese, lost to Lecce. Then it came the World Cup. Uh, hammered Salernitana. Yeah, they've got a couple mixed in. A lot of it gets the big sides. They beat us one nothing in a match that Roma had no business losing. That was the match where Dybala got hurt in warmups and Roma dominated the match. And then they they found a way to get that that goal from Scalvini that you know shot you would never expect them to make. But then they you know they played Udinese last weekend or two weeks ago and it was zero zero right a, a, an Udinese mm-hmm. team that's struggling to score and they couldn't break them down. So they've been they've been it's it's been everybody everybody's up and down yeah. up and down and and nobody could find a, a way through. Yesterday, like it's it's so hard to judge Roma against Lazio in that context. Yesterday, because they were down a man for so long, you know the first match, you could criticize Roma all you want because they were without Milinkovic Savic, they were without Immobile, and and Roma not having DiBala proved to be the bigger loss because DiBala's been carrying Roma all season long, and um, they're gonna have to find a way to 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 do things without him in some of these matches. Like he's the one that was sacrificed at halftime yesterday to to bring on the third defender and. And hopefully cushion, you know, the, the defense a bit and, and keep the goal out. And it did for a while. But then once, you know, you're without Dybala and you're playing down a man, it's like, where's the goal coming from? And and they almost got it off the set piece, like we said. And and it, it was just tough. And I think the international break comes at the perfect time for Roma in a Serie A context. Um, Europe's been a different story. And, and it was kind of like that last season, too. And I think that's just part of the Mourinho mentality. But um, they're going to have to bounce back because the, the schedule's going to get really tight. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, the break really did come at the right time for Roma. I mean, I don't fault them for taking Dybala off. I'd rather keep him healthy instead of having him play a man down and hoping for a goal from him. Like, if a 0-0 draw would have been fine. And we've been pretty good on set pieces, so if a goal was going to come from there, it would have been fine. But, I mean... We just have to worry about how we come out of this international break again because we got quite a long stretch and uh, really an an opponent that's got a chip on their shoulder coming against us uh, in Europa League. So, Yeah, it'll be interesting. So 
Um, let's move on from the Derby and we're going to head over to just kind of the, the rest of the city. I think we had 11 match weeks left. Talk a little bit about the European competitions too. So let's get into that. All right. So we mentioned how, how tight it is in the standings, 11 match weeks left, not running away to the Scudetto, but just table update. So Lazio's on 52 points, Inter on 50, Milan on 48, Roma on 47. Now Adelante creeping up on 45 in sixth place. Juve there with 41 there. <laughs> they're, they're closing in a little bit without even getting their 15 points back. So if, if that appeal works out for them, then it really becomes two spots available for Champions League because they're going to be far and away ahead of everybody else. They'll be up to uh, 56 points. So they even before ahead of Lazio if they get those 15 reinstated. So then it becomes even trickier. So then it becomes really five teams for two spots. So it's going to be very interesting close this season. So just to, to look at some of the head-to-heads we have coming up, um, closing out for everybody. Roma has a, a kind of a, they can kind of ease into April a little bit with Samp at home, Torino away. Then it's Feyenoord like one in Holland. Um, um, Udinese comes in to Rome in between the two Feyenoord matches. And then it's Atalanta and Milan at the end of April. This is where it gets tough for Roma. And then Monza before Inter. Um, and that's really the last big one before you play Fiorentina's a little bit tricky toward the end. So Roma's got that those three big ones in four weeks, head-to-heads that can really determine things, especially because those are three of the teams they're competing with. Uh, Lazio, they have Juve coming up um, second week after the international break. They have Inter still. They have Milan still. Um, the rest are not as good teams, but Sassuolo can be tricky. Lecce can be tricky, like we've said. Um, who knows, Udinese, if they get Deo Felu back by then, if maybe things change for them. Um, you know, Milan has Napoli right after the break. So that could be a big one for both our teams if, yep. if Napoli takes care of business like we hope they will. Um, and then it's Napoli twice in the Champions League, which could wear them down a bit. The Roma match, which I said, the, the Lazio match, which I said. So they've, they've got a, a very busy fixture schedule. And then they've got Juve, the second to last match. So as you can see, like, even though Lazio looks like they're in the advantage now, there's so many big head-to-heads that it's hard to really say until they start to play. I think the team that could have a lot of trouble in April just because of fixture congestion is Inter. I mean, oh, listen man. to the schedule. Fiorentina to open, which is Fiorentina's been playing better. Then it's semifinal leg, one of the Copa against Juve away. Salernitana, then you have Benfica away. You have Monza home and then Benfica home. Um, Empoli, before you finish the month with um, the second leg of the Copa semis uh, at Inter, or, or home against Juve rather. And then it's Lazio, Verona, Roma. So, I mean, they, they've got a hell of a calendar. Um, and we mentioned Atalanta. They, they're also still hanging around. They might have the least big head-to-heads left that I'm seeing. They have Juve, May 7th, Roma on April 23rd. And they have Inter very late. So, I mean, can't really say the calendar favors anybody at this point. I think, to me, the biggest disadvantage is Inter just because they're in three competitions at this point. Yeah. That looked that schedule yeah. looked brutal. Um, I think hopefully Lazio can be the beneficiary since they seem to play them after like their most congested between the Copa and the Champions League. Um, so if they can take advantage of at least that head-to-head matchup, I'll feel pretty good about their chances of staying in the top four. Yeah, and my I think for go ahead, Mas. My biggest concern with Roma is the the Udinese for some reason because they, they caught us off guard. They caught us with yeah. our pants down at the beginning of the at the beginning of the season, but they also came out red hot and really cooled down. So, I mean, that's in between that. I think the major matchup that I'm kind of circling and seeing what happens is probably against Udinese more so than any other fixture for the time being because 
those were points at the beginning of the season that we shouldn't have dropped, and I really hope they get them back um, this uh, this time around. So, dude, and they just smoked Milan last week, right? Three one. Yeah, yeah. So and I think they're, something they're with that team. is it's sandwiched in between the two Feyenoord matches, which we're probably gonna be pretty pretty feisty because Feyenoord has a bone to pick with us after Conference League last year, uh, and now it's you know kind of a rematch, and and we see that you know the stadium yesterday they beat Ajax and. I saw shots on Twitter like they're like, is this Mordor? Is it like a a football stadium? Because there was flares and fireworks and all this stuff. And, you know, they kind of vandalized large parts of the city of Rome last year. So their their fans can be very hostile. They're they're heating up at the right time, too. I mean, their last fixture in the Europa League, 7-1 against Shakhtar, seven goals. And then, like you said, the big derby win against uh, Ajax in Ajax uh, at away i think was was there a away fixture because i don't want in amsterdam in quite a bit oh it might actually time. was the away fixture it was the away fixture yeah yeah i had seen something about that that they hadn't won in amsterdam in quite some time so that's also a big boost for them so i'm a little worried going into that leg especially that we we also kind of beat them last year in the final so they do have that extra chip on their shoulder while kind of picking up steam and they're actually i just first time i looked at Erdovay's table probably all season they're actually six points up on Ajax with that win uh so that was a huge result for them yes yeah, we know Ajax runs that league occasionally PSV might poke their head in there but Feyenoord is is six ahead of Ajax now and uh, eight ahead of PSV and the Erdovice only has 18 teams so they played 34 so they've got eight matches left so uh yeah. I don't know what their schedule looks like sandwiched around the Roma fixtures but yeah they've been they've been yeah. getting hot at the right time I have it right here, actually, because I had them up uh, to look at their recent results. So they got Rotterdam. I think they're at the bottom of the table, April 2nd. They got Ajax again in the their domestic cup final uh, semifinal leg. So that's going to be interesting. And then it's uh, Roma, April 13th. Yeah. So the bigger, I think their bigger fixture is going to be Ajax again on April 5th, especially after the recent results. So, and it's a domestic cup game. So I'm sure there's a, it's going to be high tension. Yeah, that'll be high tension. Then they'll have kind of a, a weekend fixture, which shouldn't be as difficult before Roma the following week. So interesting, too, because they're going to have to be balancing league and, and cup. And I'm sure they have a, a much better roster than some of these teams that they'll play sandwiched around Roma. But maybe that plays into Roma's hands a little bit. And then before we move on to the, the rest of the Italian teams in Europe, because I think it has to be talked about because it's it's the best it, Italy's done in a long time in Europe, is, you know... At what point does it have to get to for Roma to kind of have to prioritize Europa League over Serie A like they kind of had to do with Conference League last year? Because, you know, you have people who will say we're not good enough to win Europa League, crash out, blah, blah, blah. But when I look at the the Europa League, we can talk about that first. That's Roma's competition. I see. I thought we got a really good draw. Now, Feyenoord's going to be very tough, but Roma, Roma knows them. And I think that'll play into Roma's hands because Mourinho will have his his guys fired up because some of the comments the coach has made, like, oh, you know, we want to play against another top team like a Manchester United instead this time. Um, I'm sure Mourinho could twist that in, in a way that'll get those players fired up. I'm sure the atmosphere in, in Rotterdam will be will be big for them, right? Um, and then it's that St. I'm going to pronounce it wrong. It's like St. Galie or whatever the name is from, from Belgium against Bayer Leverkusen. And Leverkusen's a team that can score, but they, they can see a shit ton of goals oh, in, in terrible, the Bundesliga, yeah. right? So I take that draw as if you could get by Feyenoord, I think they have a really good shot at making the final versus the other half where you have Juve's got to deal with Sporting Lisbon, who I would not want to deal with after they beat Arsenal. Uh, and then United has... Definitely not. Um, who's the other, the eighth team in the competition? Um, Sevilla, who's Sevilla. Like relegation fodder this Royalty. year. Royalty, yeah. Yeah, 
yeah, I mean, I, I would have loved to to rub Solomonchi's wounds and play them, but I think that I think the the way the bracket lines up for Roma, if they can take care of Feyenoord, they've got a really good shot at the final. And then a one-all final against anybody, including United, is is really a crapshoot if it's yeah. the way Mourinho can game plan. Listen, if there's ever uh, a discussion about coaches you want in international cups, there's only two names that come to mind. Mourinho's one of them. We have him, and it's Ancelotti. Yep. And you know what? Yep. We're in good hands with Mourinho. So I think we'll be all right if we could get past Feyenoord. Um, listen, like you said, sporting, man. I wouldn't want to be Juventus going up against those guys after taking down Arsenal. So it's going to be uh, interesting Uh but you never know because, like, listen, like you said, that Belgian side there, Union saint gilles or whatever you want to say. Like, even I speak French and I'm having a hard time <laughs> on that one. Um, these guys have nothing to lose, right? Nothing like, even lose, Sevilla, yeah. like, yeah, that they're relegation fathers. So these guys can come in fearless and really shake up those fixtures as well. Will they? We don't know. Probably unlikely, but you never know, especially when you're, like, those, like, smaller teams. You're coming in fearless at that point. You're... You made it to the big dance now. Like, might as well just keep going. It's just what it is. And, and here's the other reality, Moss. You don't make it this far by accident, right? You can get lucky no. over 90 minutes. You don't get lucky over a group stage and mm-hmm. a, a two-leg knockout stage. Um, so all the credit in the world to them for making it this far. And, um, yeah, they Steve, I think Union you're right. Berlin, who's been really right. good in Germany, uh, I think three of the four matches they played head-to-head. So – that's not an accident. Um, I, I think you're right about being on the quote unquote better side of the bracket, but at the end of the day in a cup, you have to face good teams. You're going to face good teams. So uh, getting final now or getting them next round or in the final, yep, you are going to have to beat them at some point. Yep. Um, so that's going to be interesting as hell because final got to bring it to betting for a second. That's one of the teams. Like I, I almost bet the over, just out of habit, right? Like you can you can bank on a game involving that team for three or four goals like 70% of the time. Wasn't the case last year in the final, right? One nothing's Daniolo with that yeah. goal. Um, it certainly hasn't been the case for Roma this year. Uh, so you know, what kind of game are we gonna get? You know, they scored Contrast what seven styles for sure. Seven last game. Uh, how many they're gonna put up against Roma? And and it's gonna be interesting as hell to watch. Yeah, and I, we don't have to get too deep into it because it's still a few weeks out, but I think leg one, you're going to Rotterdam, and I think Mourinho is going to play similar to what we saw starting out against Lazio yesterday, right? Low block, he'll hopefully probably, in his opinion, have Matic available to help cushion the, the defense as well and give that extra shield. And then he's going to have his, you know, Spinazzola and either Karsdorp or Zalewski on the wings try to push those wings on the counterattack with Dybala, and, and I don't know if he's going to play Tammy or who he'll play, but... I think it's going to be that kind of style. Roma's going to try to maybe get a goal, but limit as much damage as they can and then try to take it to the Olympico. And I was doing, um, I did the preview for the second leg of the Sociedad for the site. And I looked back, Roma in second legs now in European competitions in Mourinho and the single elimination against Feyenoord in the final last year has not given up a goal since Viteze in the, the round of 32 of the, the conference league last year. It was a shout out of Bodo at the Olympico in the second leg. And they were high flying of, too at the time. They were right? high flying. Five, they, six goals Roma, game, yeah. yeah. Um, they shut out Leicester in the second leg of the the semifinals, and then it was the shutout of Feyenoord. They shut out Salzburg at home. Uh, went to Sociedad, got the zero zero because that's all they needed. And so Mourinho knows how to game plan these matches. And I think if Roma keeps it to a goal like they did against Salzburg this time, that's that's kind of what they want to play into. And then you know they'll fill the Olympico and hope their crowd can can get them over the line. But Mourinho, 
like Moss said, two guys you want coaching your team in this kind of competition. It's Mourinho or Ancelotti. And that's why if we talk Champions League in a couple minutes, why the Italian team's got a good draw avoiding him, I think, of all people. But God forbid goals start coming for Roma. Watch out. I mean, like they have a good a chance to win this competition as anybody. Exactly. Yeah. So that's Europa League. Uh, we talked with Juve. You want to avoid Lisbon. We go to the Champions League, though. First time since, I think it was, was it 0405 or 0304 uh, that Serie A's got three teams in the quarterfinals. So it has to be mentioned, even though it's not, not at Roma. Um, and I think it plays into Italy's hands to see an Italian team make it far that three of them ended up on the same side of the bracket. And some people say, well, you're going to lose one team, you know, in the quarterfinals right away. You might lose a second. But guess what? Then you have at least one team in the semifinals. That's something Italy really has not had since, I think, since Roma did it four or five years ago. So... To me, Napoli has to be favored over Milan. Inter, you know, by roster, people and by name will say, you know, they're probably favored against Benfica. I'd be careful to say that because Benfica has been that team that maybe people don't pay attention to in Portugal because they're in Portugal, but they've been they've been killer over there and they've been really good in in Europe the last couple of years. Um, But you avoided City, you avoided Bayern, you avoided Real Madrid. Chelsea maybe would have been welcome this year the way they're playing. But I mean. It has to be said, Italy's been performing very well in Europe this year. So I think we have three people talking right now, three of the very few that agree. Where I, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I know if there's an Italian team that's playing, 100% I'm rooting for them, right? Like, hey, Fiorentina's playing some team out of the Balkans that I've never heard of. Yeah, damn right, I'm rooting for Fiorentina. And the fact that we have the chance to see an Italian team in the semifinals, no matter what, that's awesome. Um, so let me get that out of the way. I think you guys agree with me, right? I, give me, give me the love. No, Moss, maybe not as much. Yeah, kind of, but it's more the way I see it. It's more beneficial to the league. Do I yeah. favor them having the results? Whatever happens, happens at that point. But uh, I, it's just, I feel like, it, leave it to UEFA to somehow have two Italians already knocking each other out in the quarterfinal legs. Like it never fails. Like I think even it was a year where we it was the same thing again. It was I think three, four teams had made it, and then two of them went up against each other right away. And that kind of sucks. But I mean, listen, I don't think either Milan or Napoli would have liked to have gone up against a city or a Bayern right now. Right. I mean, that's that's Chelsea, the flip side, or, right? Or, or 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 a Madrid, right? Like that's the problem. And like I said, Ancelotti at the helm of Madrid in a European competition. I don't so, think you want to face him right away. I I one hundred percent agree with you. I think it's it's beneficial to everybody that Bayern and and City are playing each other, right? One of them's gone, um, and then presumably they will face Real Madrid, one of those teams, and one of them's gone again. So yep. yeah, is a final going to be tough for anybody that makes it? Absolutely, but hundred percent. Um, you know, if, if you're, I, I, man, this might come back to bite me in the ass, but dare I say, if you're Milan, I feel like if I'm Milan, I feel better than anybody else because Napoli's not going to catch you by surprise at this point, right? You're, you're familiar, you're familiar Mm. enough with them. You're probably putting most of your eggs in this basket. You've got Zlatan who's back. Is he a hundred percent healthy? No, but he's a boost to the team, no matter what. And I just don't think they can play any worse than they've played. Like, I think if yeah. if, if they can get the team to buy into it, um, they're, they're that team that's playing with house money, right? They're the ones that really have nothing to lose. Nobody expected them 
based on the form of this season and the, maybe the group they were in and, and for them to get this far. Um, I, I think they probably feel pretty decent about it. I mean, if you're, if you go out and you lose to Napoli, you say, Hey, we lost to the best team in Italy. We probably lost to, you know, one of the best two, three teams in Europe. Okay. Good season. Yeah. If you're Napoli and you lose to Milan, I, I mean, it's a different story. You know, if you're into an interesting point, it's especially that they've been running away with the league the way they have too. You sh- yeah. they, this, they shouldn't be losing to Milan in this fixture. No yeah. way. It's one thing I think for Napoli too. If I'm, I'm a Napoli fan, I can't speak for their fans, but if we were to get to the semifinals, if you're a Napoli fan, right, and you lose to City or to Bayern or to some one of those, and you're not going to play them in the semis, but if, if for example, right. you lose to them, or even if you lose to Benfica, who's been pretty much domestically as good as Napoli's been in Italy. Then you're like, okay, we lost to one of the top teams in, in, in Europe. But if you lose to, to Milan, I think you have a point. It's kind of like we lost to a team that we've run away from in the league, the defending champs who are not playing like champions. Um, they're going to play him a week before the, the head-to-head in the Champions League in, in the league. So who does that favor? Does that favor Milan to kind of gauge what they can do again? I think, I think it favors Milan in a way to play them right before because they can kind of tinker with a little – things because they know they're not going to catch Napoli in the league. But if you can catch them by surprise in, in the Champions League, like you said, then it's kind of like, you know, ooh, like Napoli in the second leg really has to respond. And Spalletti loved him when he was in Rome uh, until he's, you know, the, the Totti drama at the end. But he can get figured out by by good managers at times. We saw it uh, in his spells. You know, he had a historic season at, in Roma that, you know, Juve was just better. They were just stacked. But uh, often he gets figured out in the second half of the season. He hasn't so much this year. He's lost a couple matches, which is which happens to everybody. But I wonder if Pioli can kind of read him a little bit and maybe figure out a way to, to game plan him after playing him twice before the, the Champions League. And and, it's, it's, it's an interesting point. It definitely brings and, something to, to think about. And this is no way, shape, or form a, a knock on Napoli. Um, I've said it to both of you guys. I think what they're doing this year has to be applauded. It's historic. They're running away with yeah. the league on a team that hasn't, historically competed like this running away with the league going very deep into the champions league no matter what they dominated their group they dominated that last picture they get credit to me if they, if they go out to milan and lose five nothing over two legs to me they still get credit right phenomenal phenomenal season but just but look if there's at anything if... yeah sorry continue no no, go no, no, no i was just gonna say you know look at it if you're milan is there any chance in hell you're beating city no no is there any chance in hell you're beating Bayern? no is there no. any chance in hell you're beating Real Madrid? No. Definitely not. This isn't from from that standpoint, this doesn't seem that bad. Not to say that Napoli isn't level with those teams because they are, but the devil you know, I, I feel like in this case is is favors Milan just a little bit. It definitely does. And if there's any kind of party they can kind of spoil, because let, let's face it, the league's pretty much yes. wrapped up at that point for City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is where Milan can kind of play party pooper and just take away that one one thing that they can kind of also tack on to their resume yeah. this year besides just running away with the league. So like you said, like the devil you know, right? So they should have a better idea of what they're facing. The only other better fixture that could have worked out for either of those teams might have been just Chelsea. Chelsea. I, I think yep. Benfica, yeah, I think Benfica is going to be problematic no matter who plays them. Yep. Yes. But Chelsea would have only been the better the other better draw that you could have gotten. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think you guys make great points. And, and Napoli, that that would be like the icing on the cake, even if they don't win the competition to get to, say, the final, because this side of the bracket is doesn't have the, the traditional heavyweights, right? If they 
start to focus on Champions League and they win the league by seven points instead of 15 because they, they throw, not throw, but like they rotate in yeah. Serie A, what's the difference, right? None. Zero. You're going to put all no, your eggs yeah. in those Champions League basket, right? So it, it'll definitely be interesting. It's a, an interesting psychological thing that could take place. Or if Milan beats them in the league the week before, does that kind of get in Napoli's head a little bit? And do they overthink things? I know that Osiman and, and Cavaradones, as they're calling them right now, are almost unstoppable in the attack. But I don't know. Maybe maybe getting in Spalletti's head, he tinkers a little bit. You, you never know. Um don't want to spend too much time on that. I just wanted to touch base too. I, I think Inter's going to have some problems. Yeah, I think Inter's going to have some yeah. problems against Benfica. Um, as much as it would be really cool to see an all-Italian semifinal to guarantee a finalist from a Serie A. And like, like Ma said, I like to see it because it's good for the league. Now, um, am I going to root for Lazio in like a Champions League final? I don't know. I don't think I can bring yes, myself yes, to you that. Would. I don't yes, think I can bring myself yes, to go that I far, right? Um, I think you would. But no, it, no, it no. does annoy me when like teams like Lazio basically throw the Conference League um, that that that's what kills me more is when Italian teams go and they don't take it seriously. One thing I, I Roma has plenty of faults and they can be criticized in many ways by other fan bases and organizations. One thing they always do for Serie A is they always give it their all in Europe and they've been kind of the standard bearer over the last five years. A couple of semifinals, a couple you know quarterfinals, a, a title. So they can't be criticized there. I that's that's where Lazio to me can be criticized the most. They just they qualify for these European competitions. And then they don't take them seriously. So why even bother qualifying, right? Um, then Fiorentina right now is, I looked at the 538 projections. They're the favored team in the conference league, a little bit slightly ahead of West Ham. So, you know, if if Italy can win the conference league again with Fiorentina and maybe get Juve or Roma, the um, Europa League, and one of these Italian teams makes the final in the Champions League, at least like, this could be like a fairly historic season for a Serie A that is balanced, but mainly because teams are like, throwing points away. So it's it's interesting to see how they've done so well in Europe without really playing that well in, in Italy outside of Napoli. That's it. And it, it also just the general consensus of the way the other bigger leagues kind of look at us. It's yes. We're we're holding our own in Europe. And that's one thing. Like as much as City has been pretty much a shit show, like everyone's just fighting each other below Napoli. Um we've been very good in Europe this year and that's and it, it's funny because when you talk to when I talk to like other a lot of our other friends, it's like, oh, like, but the league, like, it's not that great because we're just like constantly like shooting ourselves in the foot. Our teams are just not doing anything great. Europe, they've been holding their own. And that's something to, to be said, especially going up against some really high end talent in other bigger leagues, uh, especially in Champions League. And yeah. eventually, uh, depending what happens in the other uh, in Europa, we're eventually going to have to come up against the Man U. You know, if yeah. they make it as well, so it's a that's it. Ca- uh, kudos to the Italian teams right now, kind of like championing Syria in yeah. in Europe, despite all the kind of negative talk and the way everyone kind of shines a light on the yeah. league as being lesser than than most. So, and, and yeah. listen, there's three of us here. We watch these. We watch this league week in week out. We watch just about every game. Right? There's not many easy games. No. Not mad. You know no. what I mean? We talk about us shooting ourselves in the foot, and it's 100% true. But facing some of these bottom half teams, facing them away, it's not easy. And all the top teams, I mean, you went through the fixture list, Steve. Even the first half of the year, everybody's pretty much beat up on each other. So yeah. Outside of Napoli, dropping I mean, very, very rare game. They, yeah. I'm, I'm a little over the narrative that, you know, the league isn't that good. Like, yeah, is it? 
the best it's ever been? No, but we have a team no. that's dominating it very clearly, and we have other teams that play well for you know against each other, get up for individual mm-hmm. games, and the the point um, that you made, Moss, that I, the thing that's blowing my mind is we're we're in a league outside of Napoli that we're, nobody's really scoring a lot of goals, right? We talked about Immobile's hurt, Tammy's not doing much, uh, you know, Lotaro had a nice little run there for Inter, not getting much else. Milan, they're top goal scorer might have four goals i mean i really don't know Giroud. i don't even think he has one since the the world cup and layout layout's just been like that dude is looking for his like next boot endorsement deal or something i i don't know what's going on so like even fiorentina up until very 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 recently i think they won four out of five before that they were in the bottom half of the table so the fact that we're doing it and we're scoring goals and we're beating you know you mentioned the champions league right we're beating the likes of of bayern and, and chelsea and tottenham and these teams Barcelona, uh, you know, listen, we're finding ways yeah. to get it done. I think um, something about, I, I hate to use this term because it's almost like a joke term if you see it on Twitter, but like the Italian DNA, the Italian mentality, the Italian, the, the way these players and coaches think and, and, and put their game plans into action, it's still valid. And you're seeing that this year. You're seeing that right now in the Champions League and in Europe. And it's fucking awesome. And I'm happy that we're all here for it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely good to, good to see as we enter the international break. Italy plays England on on Thursday, first Euro qualifier. Hopefully, that'll carry over with some of those players that play for the bigger teams, and hopefully, the mentality carries over and Italy can get a win at home to open the Euro qualifying. Because we, you know, we've seen it with the national team; it's been disappointing. So it's good to see the the domestic fixtures. Obviously, not all the teams have a ton of Italian players all the time, but uh, I think it's a good reputation of of, of the league and that you know. Calcio's not dead because a lot of people criticize the league, like you said, and, and the teams and, you know, they make fun of our organizations because they don't have the money to compete with the cities of the world and, and even the Byrons of the world and and Real Madrid. So definitely good to see, definitely we'll be rooting for some of those teams to at least get through to, to a semifinal and, and represent the league well. And hopefully one of those teams is Roma and hopefully for Massa and I, it's another European trophy. Um, hey, one, one thing I'm, I, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I said, I, like you have me here on record on, on audio, I am rooting for that. I hope you guys win that league. Lazio fan or no Lazio fan, it's it's better for all of us. And one thing I have to say before we we leave, I saw a quote as I was scrolling through Twitter as we were talking from your boy Maurizio Sarri, and he said, uh, "It's a shame that we're out of Europe, obviously, but I think winning a derby is more re- rewarding for our fans." No. See, that's that's <laughs> like, so, that's no, such a no, losing mentality. Bullshit. That is that's that's I, the I provincial that. mentality that yeah. we've been. Constantly ragged for like it's cool. terrible. Put that trophy in the trophy cabinet. Six points off of Roma this year. What yeah. does that get you? Is it awesome? It, of course. Are we going to take bragging rights? Of course. What does it fucking get you? Give me Roma's Conference League trophy yeah. every year. I, Ridiculous. <laughs> they they live like rent free in Lazio's heads, even when Lazio wins. Lotito, Roma were our guests last night, so it felt like your guests walked into your home and started behaving a certain way. Like, okay, you you share a stadium. You were the designated home team. It, carry on like have have fun you know trying to not play in europe this year i, I don't know and that's yeah like dude we've we've had a very good record against you guys over the past four five six years i mean i think at the very least been splitting matches i think um saudi has won three or four i saw three or four in the last yeah. two years right so that's awesome i'm pretty sure we finished ahead of you guys on the table five of the last six years or something like that it, you know, it might not exactly be that, but we're routinely finishing ahead of you guys. 
what the fuck good has it done us? What, so what? What do, we, what do we have to show for it? Oh, we're better than Roma. Yeah. Okay. Roma has a trophy. We I'll, I'll take trophy. finishing sixth and seeing you guys finish fifth last season to win the conference league. What's right. one spot? That's, that I, anybody spot? that thinks otherwise yeah. is out of their mind. Anytime you can yeah. win a trophy, you should uh, 100% be going all in for that. Um, you, you know, you guys mentioned it, right? Mourinho came in. Obviously, the new ownership group came in. The mentality around your team has changed. We have Lotito. We're stuck with him. Sadi came in. Mentality hasn't really changed. I haven't seen quote unquote Saudi ball in two years. I mean, like you saw the magic that it took to win this last game up a man, right? Zakani has been awesome. Uh, the first game, right? It was a Pedro goal or an Anderson goal. I forget who scored it. Pe- Pe- Pedro. Right. Awesome goal. If I, if I recall, I'm not seeing these, Oh, Saudi's going to bring this, this great modern football and, you know, there's going to be 400 passes before somebody taps it into an open net. I haven't seen that yet in two years. So what good is it? Oh, we, we took six points off of Roma. Okay. Keep making your quotes in the paper, guys. A lot of good is doing us. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Across we, the we, we have to end it there. We have to, we have to, yeah. We have to yeah, the, no, the get it off your Disgruntled to end the episode after they just took six points off Roma. <laughs> guys um hopefully italy performs well for us during this international break looking forward to a great end of the Serie A season we thank you both for coming on let the listeners know where to find you and and whatever you guys are up to uh, on social media uh so i'm at mass Riccio on uh, twitter uh, that's where you're going to catch a lot of like my city takes and a lot of my sports takes um got some stuff in the pipeline that i'll eventually get out there so i'll keep you guys in the loop Love it, bro. And yeah, same here. You can find uh, at Twitter at Nick Diani, uh, also at Kicks Picks Pod. So uh, another podcast I host with Steve and, and our buddy Scott. So all things Serie A, Premier League, World Football, uh, betting. So if you guys are into betting, awesome show. Uh, if you're new to it, if you want to learn a little bit more, please interact with us. Find us on Twitter. Happy to help you out and have a little fun and make some money along the way. Yeah, so thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode.